What do you think about traditions? Are they really that important to a family and its sense of belonging? Cultures all over the world have specific traditions that are important to them. Families add to those traditions. Join us today as we talk about traditions that are observed during this time of year, December through January. I think you'll like what you hear. Welcome to the American Mothers Mom to Mom podcast, a show that lifts encourages, supports, and educates mothers to do their best in their awesome responsibility to raise, teach, and champion the rising generation. Join us as we talk to and answer questions from mothers nationwide about the challenges, heartbreaks, joys, and lessons learned from one mother to another. Welcome. I'm your host, Deanne Taylor. Today, I'll be sharing holiday and New Year's traditions from several of our American mother's friends. As you listen today, I hope you will think about the traditions you have in your family. Or if you don't have any traditions yet, I hope you'll be inspired by some of the things that our mothers share today. Traditions are personal, and each one of us needs to decide what will work for our families. Our first mother is Nancy Kennedy, the 2022 Utah Mother of the Year. She will share a couple of her family Christmas traditions with us. So a lot of families do the family nativity scene. And we always, the newest baby is the baby in the manger. And sometimes we've had pregnant mamas be merry and we've had everybody dress up. But these two wonderful jello molds every year show up as the king's crowns for when the three kings come. And it's just so much fun. And when we start talking about Christmas parties, it's all, are the jello molds coming? And we have our king's hats. And then one different one that to me is very tender. When I was a child, my father always read a Christmas carol to us. We'd start the first Sunday after Thanksgiving and we would read a stave every week and then end up on Christmas Eve or certainly before reading the fifth stave. I can quote this book verbatim. And I just, it's just such a part of my life hearing a Christmas carol and being just read aloud. And it's very simple, just all of us laying in couches, laying on the floor, wrapped up in blankets while my father read to me. For a while, I lived for a year and a half in Spain and was away for two Christmases. And my first Christmas, I got a cassette tape and as I plugged it in, the first thing I heard was Marley was dead in my father's voice. And I just, I sobbed and, and the gal I was with was like, what? And it's like, this is, this is my Christmas. This is my, my life. This is what's so important. And now my kids have carried on this tradition. A few years ago, my kids surprised me by starting the Zoom call just after Thanksgiving with Marley was dead. And it just brought everything full circle. So I think traditions are such an important part of families because it gives children touchstones, it shows that they belong to something, and it gives us a chance to celebrate those things that are really important with our families. So I'm a firm believer in traditions, however silly or deep they may be. Thank you, Nancy. I love the idea of a family nativity. When my children were small, my parents had a huge extended family gathering. There were sometimes as many as 40 people there. 
and we had something to eat, and then we would gather in the living room. And while my father read the nativity story, the children would dress up in costume and enact that nativity scene as he read it. We even had sheep skins for our sheep and a cow skin for the donkey that carried Mary to Bethlehem. The children really got into it and they had a good time. That's a tradition that I have carried on with my family and we look forward to it every year. Music is also a huge part to a lot of families. Now I'd like to introduce Joy Stevens, our national president of American Mothers from Nebraska. She has some things to share about her family activities. Joyce? I also want to talk about Christmas because those are, of course, the biggest holiday for us. When I was growing up, Christmas was with our own family on Christmas Eve, because I was from a large family. There's eight of us kids. But the biggest thing was after Santa Claus would come and surprise us and we would open gifts on Christmas Eve. He usually would come to the back door. We could hear him holler and then all of a sudden he was gone and we would be, oh my gosh, he slipped in and left all this, you know, well, it wasn't that much stuff. But then we would play with that until it was time to go to midnight mass. That was always a big tradition with my parents and all my uncles and aunts and everybody in that generation. It seemed like midnight mass was very, very important. Now, as we have our own children, there are very few parishes that have midnight mass anymore. But when our kids were young, some other young moms started a youth choir in our church and it grew into uh, there was at least 55 members which is pretty big deal because we were a small church out in the country here and they could join in second grade and they would sing all the way through high school christmas was a huge huge production where we'd start practicing in August, there'd be a Christmas Eve mass, but it was a youth mass that the youth choir would sing. And some years we'd actually have real productions with plays and all the singing that went with it. This choir was really very, very good for our kids. And it still is a tradition today to do the Christmas Eve day and then go to a youth mass in the evening. We do still do this tradition. My uh, one daughter, Holly, and her husband, when they got married, they started their own youth choir. So it was really special that Holly directs and, and her four daughters are in it and all of our other grandkids, they go to church there also and, and they all have joined. And, I know that that's not too unusual for a lot of people. There's, you know, every denomination and every church has its choirs, but it's still something to be proud of when you can say that you were a part of that and the next generation is a part of that. And our grandkids with taking piano lessons and, and guitar lessons and all the other musical things, I have a feeling they're going to carry on also. I love that families prepare and perform together. 
when my children were young, they all played different instruments, saxophone, clarinet, trumpet, drums. And we were asked to help lead groups in Christmas caroling, church groups, work parties. We were fine with that because most of the time, those who sang the carols sang louder than the instruments that were being played. We were not professional, but we had a good time performing as a family and bringing this to our neighbors and our community. Some holiday activities can be used any time of the year, and sometimes we have traditions that we're not sure where they came from. Karen Williams from the District of Columbia and a member of the National Board of American Mothers shares with us some of her fun family traditions. Christmas is one of my favorite time of the year, and I just I just love it. Again, that's a tradition where our family gets together. I realized when my kids were young and we started giving gifts, and because my family's a little large, they love to give gifts. I said, I got to cut this down to one gift, and we normally have a certain limit for them to give, and then whatever else you want to do. My grandson just gets everybody. We actually do one gift and maybe a limit that we set. And we give that gift and it's called Secret Santa. So you don't know which one of your family members, which one of us have your name until Christmas Day. All you can do is give five suggestions and then you'll find it on Christmas Day. That's a lot of fun. That's one thing we do. We also do another game. It's either one or two. It's called Snatch Your Gift where we actually do like a $25 limit. And sometimes we do really, we, we used to do really funny things to it. Um, I can't even think of some of the funny gags where we may take a box and we actually may take like five or six boxes and you get it and there's nothing in it and you see it and then the money may be on the bottom of it. Then after two snatch your gifts, you've lost it. So we usually laugh at that a lot. So we try to do fun games and then we just open gifts and it's about the love and everything. And we just we just have a have a good time and do a lot of parties. So it sounds like you build the memories. Yes. I mean your games are memory building. Besides being fun, um someone's bound to remember that one special gift they really wanted and someone snatched it right out from under them you know and that's and that can go on for that can be a payback for a lot of years for yeah. some families right <laughs> yeah it is so much fun we just laugh and even we invite like if someone's engaged or someone in their family and they come and we tell them look don't hold anything personally because we're very competitive. And if it's something, you know, that's really something what want, they want, you better watch out. Make it all in fun because life is too short and it's about we're always laughing and having just good, clean fun. Well, thank you for those. Those are great ideas. It's a lot of things that all of us can incorporate. Even if we don't celebrate Christmas, traditionally, it could be used for any celebration those kind of games that you have for your family yeah. and those can be incorporated in any family activity and i love that is there anything else you'd like to share with us karen one of my old-fashioned i'm going to say this is really really old-fashioned i don't know where i picked this tradition up but you're not going to come across my doorstep unless it's a man for the new year's i always prefer for a man to cross the doorstep 
for New Year. Don't ask me why don't I have no idea how you're <laughs> but they just said it's like good luck. I guess it's another one of those things like black eyed peas or something <laughs> like that for goodness. But I just have a thing where you know I tell even if I tell my husband, go outside and come back in. <laughs> yeah, come, come back in. But that's a that's a good good tradition. That is hilarious. I've never heard that one before. Karen. Never... Okay, I've got to look that one up because I'd like to know the the background of that one, Please Karen. That, that is hilarious. Uh, yeah, well, I don't even know where I picked that up from. It, it, <laughs> it I'm te- I'm letting you in. I, I'm letting you in my little secrets, my little. <laughs> I'm going to put this viral. There you go, Karen. It won't be your little secret anymore. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, thank you so much for taking time and sharing some of your traditions with us. And we'll probably check back with you during the year and see what kind of other things you have that are not holiday related. So thank you so much for spending time with us today. It is my pleasure. I love American Mothers and it is truly my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Okay, I looked up the history about Karen's tradition that the dark haired man must be the first to cross the threshold in the new year. I laughed with her about this tradition because it seemed unusual to her and she had no idea where it came from. Here's the story. This is a New Year's tradition or superstition called the first footing. This is still observed in Scotland and in the Isle of Man and some places in Northern England. The tradition is for a tall, dark haired man to be the first to cross the threshold in the new year. This goes back to the concept believed to date back to Viking times, where a big blonde stranger coming to the door with an axe meant trouble. The first footer brings gifts that include pieces of coal, a coin, salt, bread, and a wee drum of whiskey. This is to bless the household with good fortune for the coming year. Bottom line, the first person to cross over the threshold brings all the luck for the coming year, good or bad. If you're red-haired, a doctor or a minister, you don't qualify as the best first footer. Is this your tradition you'd like to adopt? Maybe your family heritage from Scotland or England. Something to think about. We'd like to thank you, our listeners, for your continued support please help us spread the word about the podcast. Be sure to like, leave a comment, and share episodes of American Mothers Mom to Mom podcast on all your social media platforms. We can best support each other as mothers if we share good things that will help all of us and our families. Remember, listen, like, comment, and share. Welcome back to the American Mothers Mom to Mom podcast. I am your host, Deanne Taylor. We've been talking about traditions. If you have any traditions you would like to share with us, we'd love to hear them. Please go on our Facebook or Instagram platforms and share those ideas with us. We'd love to hear about your traditions. I mentioned in the intro that we would share traditions from other cultures, and we have talked about the first footer from Scotland. And now we'd like to talk to Special American Mothers member from one of our possessions of the United States. My friend Yolanda Perez from Puerto Rico. <laughs> Bienvenido. <laughs> How are you, you doing? So I can kind of get an idea of what we're going to talk about with one of your huge traditions there in Puerto Rico. We'd love to hear you tell us about it. Go ahead. Yes. Um, 
I'm so happy to be with you, Deanne, and I really want to congratulate you for your efforts. And, and it's, it's just so good and it's so uh, different for us in American Mothers to do something like uh, and join you in what you're doing. So thank you for that. Well, thank um, you. Yes, what you see is a backdrop of the Los Tres Reyes Magos. That means the three kings. And it goes this way. Uh, as many of you will know, Puerto Rico is a U.S. possession since 1898. Uh, after the Spanish War, uh, we were given on the that year's treaty from Spain. So a lot of those traditions for families keep on moving and going and growing in the island. In Puerto Rico, we annually celebrate what we call the Three Kings Day, Dia de los Reyes Magos, and that tradition is alive and well. Right after Thanksgiving, kids write letters to their favorite kings and their three kings, King um, Gaspar, King Melchor, and King Baltasar. And in those letters, the kids are asking the three kings to bring them as possible as many gifts as they could bring to them on Three Kings Day. It so happens that we observe this through a belief that they also will bring us the three gifts that the three kings gave to baby Jesus Christ when he was born. If you count 12 days after Christmas day, it will fall into January the 6th. So that's why we observe the miracle of finding the king of kings by these three kings. Mm. And since that was a miracle at that time, and it still is 22 years after, uh, we absorb that as a tradition of the epiphany, which is known in Spanish as the Three Kings Days or, or Dia de los Tres Reyes. And this is what kids do. They go out in the backyard and you know that at least in our island, we have no snow. So everything is normally green year round. It's like a spring. And they go with an empty shoebox, like the one I'm showing. And they put grass, like making believe that the camels are still around eating grass because if they are fed, they're gonna bring them toys or gifts. And gifts also for the adults if they're lucky that they'll be bringing any gifts for them. So this is a, like a typical little shoe box. It could be any empty box. And they put this beside, beside their kid's bed. In the middle of the night, the three kings will come. And according to what you have asked in the letter, like Santa Claus letter, but our tradition is three kings days letter. They will bring you whatever, whatever you've asked under the uh, possibilities of those three kings that will arrive miraculously on, on the sixth. Um, the parents also join us and also writing their own little uh, letters to see if they could get gifts. The three kings are also celebrated in many of our cities 
we could have parades, uh, food celebrations, food trucks. It could be even exchange of, of gifts because their kids are lucky enough to have more than what they really need. So they bring their own gifts that they could share with other kids less fortunate. Oh, that's marvelous. And that goes year after year after year. I keep myself like uh, three King's Day's gift, like this ceramic artwork. And I have also paintings and I have tiny little ones with American Mother's logo in the middle. And that's what we exchange for the adults because the main tradition is the three kings. Since we became that possession, we did not have at the time Santa Claus. So that's also absurd, but not as big as an, and as uh, joyful as we celebrate the three kings days. For oh, mothers that are mothers for the first time, it's, it's a double joy. And many who are born on the 6th, they're normally named after Jesus. So the tradition keeps on moving and moving. And it's amazing. Uh, it's a day that is declared local holiday. And many, even the uh, local corporations, will allow employees to stay home with their own children or visiting both their houses. Um, we also call it as American mothers for donations. And we separate the afternoon to bring our kids to those kids that are less fortunate so that they will also have. And the first thing that my children, I remember when they were very small, that when we went and visit the less fortunate, they will ask, where is your box? Unless you show me your box with em empty at the time, which means that the so-called camels have eaten all the grass, then uh, it's like verification that the kings were in their houses also, but they couldn't bring as many gifts as they expected. So bless the three kings, bless that who was born, and we do celebrate that and celebrate the magic and, and the joy of being alive to show our children to keep with our tradition, the three kings follow that follow for 12 days until they found the real king of kings <clears throat> yolanda thank you so much for sharing that wonderful historical um traditional the three uh, treasure with the three kings i've heard of stories like that but to hear it from someone who actually this is that now okay this is the first year you're going to have grandbabies with this january 6th is that going to change the tradition for your family at all no it's not going to change it as a matter of fact the boxes they're only a year and a half so the tiny little hands need to accommodate a box and we're looking into m m boxes or something that they could really handle and they will go out and maybe they cannot respond accordingly with their own words, but they'll be told because the other ones, including their mom and daddy, were gonna have their boxes as well. And they expect gifts uh, for them too. I, um, I just I just can imagine the excitement you as a grandma are gonna feel to see your grandchildren experience this. The good thing about it, it doesn't have to be something expensive. 
because it's the understanding that the kings also want to pose the miracle in you as they did at the time and that the miracle will be passed along with simple things we're very we don't leave milk nor cookies but we we leave something that we think the camels will eat uh when we have um uh people that will characterize with their customs and everything the tree kings of course they'll be riding horses because we don't have any camels <laughs> story has to be changed a little bit there and say well uh, the camels couldn't make it there's some uh crisis in the middle east but they'll make it in horses and that's great right so then after that we go to our services whatever is mass or any other type of religion and we give thanks and there is also like a festivity outside waiting. So it could be hot chocolate, or it could be coffee, it could be soft fruit drinks, some cookies or some uh, peanut jelly sandwiches. But it's, it's a very peaceful day. All it is, is about that tradition. And it's not only observing Puerto Rico, but Spain, uh, many Central American countries. And you'll be surprised how many cities in the United States continent and will observe it. It's it's a giving tradition. It's a loving tradition. And I love that. That is awesome. Well, Yolanda, thank you so much for sharing that. And you have a wonderful holiday with your family. Thank you. Thank you. Likewise, likewise. Okay. Because of you and many of ours, that's why I am an American mother. Well, thank you, Yolanda. I love traditions. I think they bring a lot to a family. Our children have great memories of the things that we have done throughout our years. There have been changes in some of them because the family has grown and become larger and evolved. And they're from Washington to Florida, all across the United States. One thing that we really love to still do, especially with those who are close by, is we have the tradition of making homemade pizza and homemade ice cream on New Year's Eve. I don't know when this started, but our family loves homemade ice cream and homemade pizza. So we decided that this would be a good thing to start. So we eat between seven and eight, obviously, for the younger children. And then we celebrate nine o'clock for the little ones. We do the countdown and the serpentine and, and blowers and balloons. And then we do again at 10 o'clock for those who are a little old enough to stay up. Then those who are bigger, we do the midnight celebration. So we just celebrate all New Year's Eve. During the last two episodes, we've talked about traditions because they have a huge impact on each one of us. Traditions provide structure and a sense of comfort. They also foster a sense of belonging, the assurance that we are part of something that is constant and dependable. Traditions also connect us to our history and our family lineage, and they help us understand that we are truly part of something bigger and more meaningful than just us as individuals. Every culture has its own traditions, or as some people might label them, superstitions, but they are all a very important part of who we are. Traditions are important, so no matter how subtle or elaborate, these traditions can provide structure to our lives and allow us to feel safe, especially during hard times. Please remember to share some of your traditions on our social media platforms at American Mothers Inc. on Facebook and on Instagram. 
Thank you for joining us and have a great holiday season. Before we become mothers, we all have expectations of what it'll be like. And I'm sure we've all said at some time or another, I'm not ever going to do that. I'm not ever going to be like my mother. So now that you have had some mothering experience, what has surprised you most about becoming a mother? Next week, we will get the reaction to this questions from some of our 2022 State Mothers of the Year. Do any of them feel the same way you do? You might be surprised at some of their answers. Be sure to listen next week so we can meet together mom to mom. Until then, this is Deanne Taylor. Have a good week. How would you say you exemplify the golden rule in your everyday life? Roxanne Ferguson, Delaware Mother of the Year. So in my everyday life, I think it's important, whether it's children, peers, colleagues, um, the public, our pastors, whomever, are always looking to us um, to see what we're doing. And I think we owe it to ourselves to be those role models and to walk the talk. It's really important that what we say mirrors what we do because folks are always watching. And I think that when you offer an opportunity that's service above self and you truly believe that and you live that, it's something that comes super easy. So I love putting people together. I love connecting people. I love taking a look at the experiences that I have had um, and pulling from them and sharing them with others. Because if I can prevent someone from going down one of those roads that was kind of bumpy, I'm happy to do that. But if there's a way that I can help, you know, share a best practice that'll save them time and energy because I've already done that, I want to do that as well. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you like what you heard, subscribe so you can get your weekly dose of mom-to-mom encouragement. We understand that being a mother can be overwhelming, but we hope that you found something useful you can apply to your own life. We invite you to share this episode with a friend who might also enjoy the message. The mission of American Mothers is to support mothers, empowering them to positively impact their families and communities. We want each one of you to discover and share your innate, inherent, and natural abilities to bless your children and others. The primary purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. The views, information, or opinions expressed during the American Mothers Mom to Mom podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of American Mothers Incorporated, its members or employees. AMI is not responsible for, nor does it verify the accuracy of the information contained in the podcast, nor does the series constitute any professional advice or services. We look forward to visiting with you one mom to another next week. Until then, just do your best at mothering and remember you're not alone. You've got an army of mothers all around you cheering you on.